Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is the Literary Gardener for July 15th, 2021. The topic this time is Amazing Strategies Plants Use to Keep Cool in the Heat. I found myself dreaming of vegetables so shiny and beautiful they could only be Hollywood vegetables, professional vegetables with agents. I stood in my picture perfect garden with a reed basket over my arm, my hair in long braids with red ribbons on the ends, picking runner beans. One of the kids, like mine but clean, was standing by, gazing up at me with admiration, marveling at my mastery of Mother Nature. Abby Waxman, The Garden of Small Beginnings, 2017. Lillian Gervan, the protagonist in Waxman's novel, wears herself out by pondering whether or not to plant a garden in her backyard. She falls asleep dreaming about an idyllic landscape, while her reality was a mostly concrete backyard, a tiny lawn huddled at one end with several muddy poly pockets half buried in the flower beds. It isn't only the planted dolls that has unnerved Lily about making a garden. It's also the sea of weeds and the menacing squirrel that Lily imagines regarded me balefully from the one small tree we had. For Lily, the squirrel conjures up Tennyson's famous line, Nature red in tooth and claw, from In Memoriam A.A.H. 1850, in which the poet describes nature as violent and callous in regard to humans. At this point in the story, Lily apparently envisions gardening as a contest of wills between her and the natural world, plus a bunch of polypockets. During the summer in southern Oregon, gardening in the heat and now wildfire smoke can certainly feel like a battle with nature. The hot temperatures, drought conditions, and unhealthy air quality combine to make working outdoors feel not just a little overwhelming. It doesn't help to know that humans initiated this battle by our actions such as burning fossil fuels and our inactions such as allowing fire fuels to accumulate in woodlands. While humans are struggling to confront climate change, the natural world has a much longer history of adaptation and resilience. Last week, I wrote and talked about how pollinators modify their behavior during hot weather. So, this week I'm going to focus on how plants protect themselves from extreme heat. Plants produce food for the whole world by photosynthesizing, converting energy from sunlight into chemical energy within their leaves, and leaf temperature affects the rate of their photosynthesis. Leaf temperature can exceed ambient temperature in the same way that a sidewalk or metal roof becomes hotter than the air temperature by capturing and accumulating heat energy. Optimal leaf temperatures range from about 60 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Photosynthesis decreases when leaf temperatures are outside of this range. Heat-stressed plants respond by closing their stomata, or leaf pores, which reduces or stops photosynthesis. 
Studies have shown that when plants do not photosynthesize for extended periods of time, they're less able to recover their optimal photosynthesizing capabilities. So, plants have evolved different mechanisms that keep their leaf temperature stable in order to protect their ability to continue photosynthesis. Some plants keep cool by angling their leaves away from the sun or rolling their leaves inward along the midrib. Over time, plants have evolved structural adaptations to cope with the heat, such as more vertical orientation of the leaves. Fine hairs on the leaves or a waxy coating. Leaves become smaller and/or deeply dissected to maximize heat loss. Plants also sweat or transpire, during which water is released through the stomata and cools down the leaves by evaporating. During high temperatures, plants will wilt when they transpire more water than they absorb. Too much water loss from plant sales reduces turgidity and causes the plants to flop over. To minimize moisture loss from cell membranes, some plants have developed a higher proportion of fatty acids. Other plants produce heat shock proteins that protect essential enzymes and nucleic acids from deteriorating in excessive heat. All of these responses to extreme heat requires plants to focus their energy away from photosynthesizing and producing flowers and fruit. It's common for plants to drop their flowers and immature fruit when they're heat stressed. Also, less than optimal photosynthesis results in less than optimal taste and nutrients in food that is produced by heat stressed, stressed plants. Besides dropping flowers and fruit, there are other ways plants show outward signs of heat stress: leaf scorch, brown edges, stunted growth, and premature bolting are all frequent indications that garden plants have become too hot. Beet roots will develop rings in a bullseye pattern, and the outer layers of onion bulbs may turn gray. Gardeners can protect their plants from heat stress by providing adequate water and protective covering. Shade cloth is particularly important during late afternoons when the heat and wind combine to dry out plants. Keep in mind, though, that exposure to some heat stress encourages plants to rev up their adaptive mechanisms. Like the saying goes, "What doesn't kill you will make you stronger." Despite protection, prolonged heat stress is likely to kill off some of our plants. In that case, I suppose we can find solace in another of Tennyson's most famous lines from the same poem: "Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all." My garden to-do list this week includes: I'm going to protect my vegetables from late afternoon heat and wind with cover cloth. I'm going to check for signs of heat stress among the garden plants and take notes. I'm going to decrease water to my potatoes when the tops start dying back. I'll either harvest to use fresh or wait until the vines are dead from the frost to store. Look for garlic and onion tops beginning to fall over. Withhold water for a week or two before harvesting those. 
and I'm going to spray blossoming pepper plants with a mixture of four tablespoons Epsom salts per one gallon water. I'll spray in the morning to make my peppers crisper and sweeter. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening. <music>